Welcome to the Extra Shot of Espresso podcast. It's your host, Andrew Corpin, and Michael Gray. Today, we will be talking about facing your fears. Uh, so, so. Uh, so about a week ago, actually a week ago on the dot, um, around this time, I was standing on a stage for the first time in years, and that was quite terrifying, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I mean, Michael was there to support me. And I think that talking about our fears is kind of a big thing. Like, Michael, what are you, what, what are some of your fears? So what we talked about on the previous podcast would be failing in, in life and then not being successful. Mm-hmm. But I'd say the biggest thing today is just not accomplishing who I want to become Okay. and not being true to myself. Okay. Do you ever have any other fears like that are more... I don't know how to say it, like anything like immediate, like, are you ever scared of, because obviously failing in life is a big thing, but are you ever like, is there anything that ever embarrasses you or things that you're scared of? Are you just very. I would definitely say that, that, you know, talking in class or getting up to do a presentation. Hmm. I think that's for almost anyone though. I would say so. So how does that make you feel then when you go up for like a presentation or something? You know, you get the uh, butterflies in your stomach or. You just you, you just want to make sure you know it as best as you can, right? Even though that it might, it, you, even though that it might not be something that is that necessary to study, but yeah. you just do it so you don't look like you don't know what you're talking about, or so you don't get embarrassed. So I think a common thing we both share is kind of a fear, and a lot of people also, but like a fear of doing things in front of people. Would you say is that fair? Yeah. Like in front of an audience, I guess. For mm-hmm. lack of a term. So how do you combat that then? I'd say you just have to be true to yourself and realize it doesn't matter. That no one really cares if you make a small mistake, which I think is one of the hardest things to do is to to overcome a mistake if you're speaking out loud or performing. Right. And then just continuing on because no one knows if you made that mistake. Right, right. I know a lot about making mistakes. (laughs) uh, Go more into detail on that. So I was going to say, yeah, I mean, last week when I was on stage, uh, I was playing two songs. And the first one's one that I know I would say decently well. I've been playing it for years, but uh, it was a freezing night and it was not as easy to sing and play the guitar as I thought it would be, being 30 degrees uh, in Pennsylvania. And so when I was getting to the first course of that first song, uh, I realized I couldn't even I just, I don't know. It's hard to describe that feeling, but I, I couldn't, no, no noise could be made, I guess. I was just so, I couldn't use my, my voice. So that felt like a big mistake. I, I haven't watched the video back to see how bad it was, but right after that, I just decided I can't even go into the second verse. So I just cut off the song early and I felt so embarrassed because um, I don't know, maybe part of it's because the song is so well known that I was a little afraid of, uh, of that. And also, like you said, I think, You've said numerous times, maybe no way would notice the mistake. Uh, how did it look from an audience? I guess to get your perspective, since you were sitting there. If you didn't like react, mm. no, like there would be absolutely no notice or mention of it. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a hard thing to do. It's because I, you know, I guess if you're somewhat, even just somewhat of a perfectionist, you just want to sound, you know, you want to do everything right. And it's hard, especially with the guitar, you don't want to make mistakes, but it mm. is so easy to do so. Um, and I certainly did. Uh, I mean, everybody was very supportive. You yeah. Know? Um, but I was, I was just going to say, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that um, 
I think making mistakes is something like you said, that's very natural. And would you ever say to kind of pivot to you um, with, you know, presentations or any sort of thing like that speeches, how do you feel about mistakes in those? Cause I almost feel like it's easier to spot a mistake in that than it is in music. Well, I think when you're, when you're doing anything in like an academic setting mm. that, you know, you don't want to make a mistake for like a grade, grade uh, wise, but even just for like an embarrassment wise, but I think it's kind of how you play it and you sell it off. Right. Where you can easily just recoup yourself mm-hmm. and take a deep breath and just do what you wanted to do. Right. Let's say if you stumble a word or if maybe a statistic, a stat isn't right, but it's once you get kind of, you let your blood pressure start to go and then you're breathing hard and then the rest of your presentation is ruined. Right. Because you, something that you said before, which I thought was kind of a good metaphor, was that you, to you, messing up in this song seems like this big deal, but to everyone else it doesn't. Hmm. Because we constantly have that, that idea that people care what you do. Right. Which I think is kind of the, the base root of all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's completely fair. And like you said with the presentation, I, I don't know if you remember. So one thing I can remember is... Uh, when we gave our presentation earlier this semester, um, I remember we were talking about the Turkish coffee house. And one of the terms, I think saying coffee in Turkish is like, is it, it's, it's different. It's, it's spelled like cafe, but it, I think it's pronounced a little differently. I don't want to butcher it again. But I remember during the, uh, the lead up to it, I remember spending the whole night trying to memorize how to say it and not to mess it up. And then we were up there and I still, I still happened to mess it up. I think I stuttered on it and then I kind of, but that wasn't, that wasn't the worst fail ever because I think I then remember kind of laughing it off and kind of just saying like, Oh, I, you know, I'm not going to try to pronounce, you know, I I can't pronounce it. And then you kind of get away. I've almost, I think something you always say is after you make a mistake, um, you sometimes become more loose, I guess. Yeah. What do you explain that? One, the, uh, the coffee in Turkish is kave. Kave, okay. <laughs> and going back to what you said, where it definitely is something where once you make that first mistake, you no longer have that fear of making a mistake. Right. So then you just kind of become natural. Yeah. And it's almost better to get it out, out the way early. So mm. then you just kind of calm down and settle in there. Okay. Yeah, it's some a good uh, example of that would be like in baseball, mm. where if the pitcher's pitching like a perfect game, right, right, it's if he doesn't if let's say he gives up a hit in the seventh inning, right, it almost becomes more like calmer for everyone on the field, yeah, because you don't have that you don't have that need to be perfect, yeah, yeah, actually, so you obviously you have some experience in baseball, I think I can say mm-hmm. that, and so. I think that's actually a perfect example. And like, how do you feel? So you, you've pitched before, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And so how does it feel? Cause I mean, maybe not the, so how do you feel? Yeah. Like what if you're three innings in and you've been pitching a perfect game so far, does that, how do you feel like going into the fourth inning? Like, how does that. It's pretty funny because, because in high school, my senior year I was throwing a no hitter against the team and, uh-huh. and one of the freshmen, came up in like the fourth fourth fifth inning right and he's like they haven't gotten the hit off of you and then my my friend punched him in this in the arm because it's like it's like a jinx to say that yeah, yeah. 
but there's you definitely feel this 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 anxiousness among everyone because right. they all have this feeling to where they know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Even though if you say, a lot of times the pictures will be like, I didn't even notice until whatever. Right. Which you don't, but then it's, you look up and you're like, huh, they don't have a, a hit yet. Right, right. But it's just something that, especially at playing baseball for 15 years of my life, it's just something you, you get used to, to an extent. Hmm. Because it's just more pressure, even if it's you're winning by 11 runs. It's right. still more pressure because you want to do it for yourself. Yeah. But it's just one of the things where almost once you give up that hit, you're like, well, that was fun. But Right, right. Now you can really, you know, throw the ball all around. You know, there's mm-hmm. less pressure. Because I'm sure that once, you know, especially if you notice in the seventh inning or whatever, whatever time, I'm sure that then you start, if you keep thinking about it, then you're probably like, I can't, you know, I don't want to, Throws too low. I have to throw it perfectly, and that yeah. probably adds more mentally. A hundred percent. Yeah. Have you ever? How does that like? Does it frazzle you at all? It's kind of similar to having someone on base or yeah. being in like a very stressful scenario, except right. it's just it's not an actual stressful scenario. Right. It's kind of self-induced. Yeah. That's and a- I think that's something that this is something that's kind of in everything we've said so far, where it's just self-induced pressure. Yeah, I like that term, actually, yeah. Which is something I think everyone puts on themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I, I just realized as you were talking that, yeah, we're talking about like a no-hitter, and that's a great – that's like a single accomplishment. You know, that's really a big thing on the pitcher. Yeah. But if you were – so now, you know, use another baseball metaphor. How do you – I think that you could still like have that same pressure of not wanting to fail if you're pitching late in the game, kind of like what you just said, if you have runners yeah. on base. How, what, is, what is that like? Um, the easiest answer or like the answer that's just kind of common would be like, oh, I don't, you don't feel it, which isn't true. No matter who you are, you feel pressure. You feel butterflies before the game. Yeah. Just because if you don't, then you're not human. Right. Right. It's how you, you react or how you, the, what you do once you have that pressure put on you is kind of what makes a major league baseball player get paid $13 million a year. Right. It's that, that almost want to have that be in that pressure filled situation mm. and you just have to overcome it. Yeah. Cause then that's kind of a, a it's instead of it being self-induced, yeah. it's induced by the environment. Right. And it's something that if you fail, you fail. Right. One of the best pitchers of closers ever was pitching in the 2001 World Series, mm. and he ended up giving a giving up a hit. Right, and he lost the game. Yeah, and he's the best to ever do it. Right, and even he messed up. Yeah. So then, why am I? Why do I care in my class if I mispronounce a word? Yeah. Or if I misspeak, or if I stumble. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And. I think it, you putting it in that perspective definitely makes you uh, appreciate any sort of like, especially like athletes, I feel like because they're always in such a spotlight, like mm-hmm. it makes you think, how does a, you know, how does a quarterback run out to the field with, you know, with one possession to win the game in the Super Bowl? I can't even imagine, you know, and then have the guts to do something, you know, like, you know, to use, you used, who was the pitcher you were talking about? 
Uh, Mariano Rivera. Okay, I figured. I didn't want to guess and be wrong. I figured, yeah. So it's it, no, but that's funny though to think like the greatest pitcher, you know, greatest closer to ever do it has, mm-hmm. you know, he's messed up before. Um, you know, I, as a Giants fan, I've seen our quarterbacks mess up a lot. But at the same time, I think of like the Super Bowl. I think what was it 2012, the second one against the Patriots, and. I just remember there's, I don't know if you, if you remember, but there's a pass where Manning threw to the left sideline late in the game and his quarterback mm-hmm. or his receiver toe taps. And it's yeah. that throw was like the percentage of that being complete. It's like maybe one in a million. It's, it's intense, but yeah. like just the fact that he was willing to do that is like, it still like stresses me out thinking about it because all the pressure of your entire, the millions of people that watch you every week is on your shoulders, you know? And it's like, and same thing with Rivera and the, situation you put it there i'm sure everybody that roots for the yankees was expecting him to close it out and then you know Mm -hmm. so i don't know i just think that pressure is such an interesting thing and it could even be in such a small scale thing like a classroom like you were just saying um yeah and something that's kind of i think different about baseball and other sports where yeah let's say if eli doesn't uh complete a pass Mm -hmm. it's kind of like well you know his completion percentage should be a that should have been caught Right. That should have been a better pass. But in baseball, it's a split where you fail mm. over half the amount of times that right. you actually like attempt to do something. Yeah. If you if out of 10 at-bats, you get three hits, you're one of the yeah. best players in the league. So yeah. you, have this, you have this idea that failing is something that is natural. Mm-hmm. Not in a, in a bad mental state, but it's something that you just have to constantly overcome. Because it's not fun to get up one hit and then strike out two more times after that. Yeah. But then you have to be, well, I did everything I could. Right. Yeah. Which is, I think, similar to everyone. Yeah. To where you have to just be content with what you did. Right. And or content with what you're going to do and believe in yourself. Mm. So going back to how you went on stage, right. you had to have some sort of some sort of spot in that you found deep inside yourself where you knew you could do it. And you know that you practiced for however many years and you were content. Going up. Yeah. And I mean, it definitely wasn't easy. I mean, like I said, I I haven't really performed on any sort of stage in, uh, you know, a few years. And I think the night, the the day, I didn't know I was going to do it until Mm -hmm. the day before, because they didn't send an email out until like that Thursday before. And I think I asked you if I should do it and you, you know, you pushed me to do it. So I signed up and whatever, but I think I felt so like, okay, this will be easy. I can do this. You know, I, I, I've played these songs before I'll pick easy ones. And then that whole night, like I couldn't even sleep. I was, (laughs) I was constantly, you know, I kept waking up, coming over here and, and, you know, rehearsing a little bit more thinking, you know, I have to get it right or I have to make sure the sounds good. I, you know, you get into your own head almost. I think all night I kept mm-hmm. thinking, do I change the tuning? You know, for musicians where in baseball, you might be thinking, what pitch do you throw mm-hmm. with with guitar and then singing? It's like I have to make sure it's in the right key because I don't want to mess up and, you know, either stretch myself too much or too little. Um, so that was kind of a tough thing. I just I think that pressure I put on myself, I don't know why, because it was kind of silly. I mean, in reality, how many of those people do I know? It, you know, I mean, like I know some, you know, quite a few, but I don't know. How many of them do you actually care about what they think? Exactly, and really, it's not a, really many at all. And then, then to even add to that, how many of those people actually care how yeah. good you did or not? 
Exactly. Nobody remembers. <laughs> and that's not a not in a bad way when right. you know no one remembers. But right. And a, it, something something that you might have you might get worked up over. No one else cares. Yeah. But to you, everyone else cares. Yes. Yep. Which I think is a huge problem where we constantly put these pressures on ourselves because we try to be the best at something. Yeah. But we just don't want to become embarrassed. Yeah. And I mean, I don't remember if it was you that said this or somebody said this before last week, where I think we always picture the worst case scenario. I might have, mm-hmm. it might have been just something I heard online, but somebody said we always picture the worst that could happen. You know, when I was thinking about going up there, I was thinking, what if everybody's just thinking, oh, who is this guy? You know, this is awful yeah. or whatever. What if you trip and fell? Or... Right. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. But in reality, it was just like, it was just. The, the audience I feel like I mean I can't tell I was up there but I feel like it was probably just as normal as everybody else's sets you know it was just kind of everybody doing their thing what would you be, what would you say to yourself right now if you were able to go back in time to the night before the performance I would tell myself to sleep and just it'll be it'll be okay because I always think something I've always been told by my you know, my family after they've seen me perform is that I get myself worked up, but when I'm up there, you can't tell that I'm nervous. And I think that I look like I'm nervous. Like I always think I'm like shaking or, you know, that yeah. I look it. but then I think once I get up there and then it's just always, I think you even said this, the first note or the first chord, that's when I can finally start getting comfortable. And I think you said my second song, I look more comfortable. And that probably mm-hmm. is because I know that's when I sing a lot, but I also think, um, I think that's, I don't know, something about that. I just finally got settled. So I would tell myself just to, just to take that plunge. Cause I think even before I sang the first, uh, the first word and the first song I played, I think I kind of like took a, it might, it feels longer in my head. It probably wasn't as long as it felt, but I remember taking it a second and then going into it, you know, it just was that dive in, you know, off like yeah. the, off the tall diving board. Yeah. And I think that's just something like a good example. You said where you just dove into it. Yeah which is something that's true in anything that you fear. Yeah. And it's, it definitely is easier said than done, mm-hmm. but not even anything that you fear, but anything you want to accomplish as well. Yeah. Which maybe those two things align or maybe they don't, but if you want to open a business, right. dive in, or let's say you're afraid of heights and you have the opportunity to, to go bungee jumping or skydiving. Yeah. Just jump, jump right out the plane. Yeah. And, and I think that goes for anybody who's, you know, who's listening. I think, you know, it's easy. It, I think it's, it is so, it's, it's so much easier for us to say, oh, it's so easy to overcome these things. But I mean, I understand how people feel, you know, going up for a presentation or whatever. It's scary or whatever it is. It could be whatever pressure situation you feel like. And I feel like, I, I don't know. I hope that like our experiences, because I feel like we both come from different unique perspectives. I wasn't a huge, I wasn't huge into sports, but like, you know, I, I played soccer growing up a little bit, but I, I couldn't understand what it's like to be on a mound, you know, yeah. a game. so I, and I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if you have been on stage with a microphone in front of you, you know, so it's like, it's kind of, I have not. Okay. But in the future you will. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. It's just like, we always say fail forwards. And I think that this was a really unique thing where we kind of both got to share, you know, experiences yeah. And I think something that you said was, was the, something that you mentioned was that you understand that it's a lot easier said than done, mm-hmm. but the truth is it's, it's hard. Yeah, it is. It's extremely hard to try to overcome 
whatever fear you have or whatever mental block you have. Because if it wasn't hard to overcome it, it wouldn't be a fear. Yeah. Or if it wasn't something that was hard to do, maybe you want to start your own business, then everyone would do it. Yeah. So, and it's perfectly okay to accept that it's something that is extremely difficult. And if people just say, oh, face your fears, because those those three words is so much easier just to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think something I meant to say in one of our classes, because I think we talked about kind of like something similar to this in a class. And I, I almost wanted to say that I think we kind of like preach what we need to hear. I think I, that's taking it. I don't want to steal that quote, actually. That's a that's a quote from the great uh, Bono that you'll hear me quote a lot. But he did say that one time where we do preach what we need to hear. And I think even though I think we've both lived out what we're saying, you know, ways like about fear and stuff, it's so much easier, like you just said, for us to say it because, you know, Right now, what are we doing that would require us? You know, I mean, we're, we're recording a podcast, but it's not like recording a podcast. Yes. Yeah, so it is scary. But I think that I think it's kind of like a comfort mechanism. But I, I do believe truly that um, we can do anything. And I just I don't know. You've you've definitely enlightened me to this idea of just like trying new things and not being so afraid to do it. You know? Yeah. And I think that's something that. That. Is I hold deep to myself and there's a reason that I want to be nomadic after college. I want to mm-hmm. travel. I want to just experience new things because at the end, at the end of the day, what do we, what do we really have? Yeah. What do, what, what do we really have to, to look back on? Yeah. And right now, what would you have done that Friday night instead of going on stage? Just probably watched a movie, did some, do some homework. <laughs> So, but now you have that memory that you did it. Yeah. Something we talked about before one of the previous podcasts is don't have those what if questions. Yeah. Yep. And so, and it's, it me, it kind of just hits the nail on the head with you don't know. Yeah. You now, aren't you looking forward to your next performance, whatever that might be? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Because it's fun. It's almost fun being good. And I know that's kind of a very self self-centered thing to say, but it's fun to be good at something. Yeah. It's fun to get recognition for something you're good at. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, do you have anything else you wanted to add about fear? I think we kind of, we, we kind of talked about a lot of different things. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad with how this podcast turned out. Yeah. So am I. So, I think, I think we can call it, you know, an end there. If you, you know, if you want to check out Michael's travel page, uh, do you want to tag it? Or It is traveling under the stars with uh, periods between all the words. And if you would like to shout out your movie review page. Yep. It's uh, at shine like stars reviews and uh, we'll catch you next time. And follow us here for more content. Yes. <laughs> catch you next time.